Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mother's Day. Now for what really matters, Mother's Day. Things my mom, things I wish my mom would have said. Yeah, I used to skip school a lot too. <laughs> or, how on earth can you see the TV sitting so, that, so far back? <laughs> uh, so, do you remember? You know, you sit close to the TV, you're going to get radiation. Anybody remember that? Radiation. Back in the day of turning the knobs on the TV when us children were the remote controls, that's what our parents used to tell us. Or how about this? Things my mom, more things my mom, I wish my mom would have said, I can't speak here. Just leave the lights on. It makes the house look more cheery. <laughs> I think she should have said that to my dad also. Uh, or let me smell that shirt. Yeah, it's good for another week. <laughs> Go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll, I'll be glad to feed him and walk him every day. You know, I was one of those kids, and I've shared this before, I actually... I was walking home from school, and I was probably about 10 or 11 years old, and there was a man sitting in the car. Hey, do you want a puppy? Come here, boy. You want a puppy? I went. <laughs> I took a puppy. And I look back at that, and I'm thinking, I was crazy. Was I an idiot? I was an idiot. So I brought the dog home, and I, I, I hit him in a, in a cinder block box I built in the backyard. And that lasted until he started crying, because Anchorage in the winter gets very cold. But my mom let me bring the dog in, and she said, I don't know how you're going to tell your father. I'll tell your father. And she did. She told my dad, and we kept that dog for a while anyway, and that was probably the dumbest dog I've ever had. <laughs> how about this? Well, if Bobby's mama says it's okay, that's good enough for me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Or the curfew is just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison around here. <laughs> I was with Mike Fatry once. Actually, I wasn't with him this particular time. But later on, it came up again. We were together, Pastor Mike here, and his dad said, you know, be home before dawn. Dawn's home at 10. <laughs> or how about this? You wish your mom would have said this. I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleeve. <laughs> don't bother wearing a jacket. The wind chill is bound to improve. <laughs> so this morning, what I want to do is just look at a few Six ladies in the Bible. And what stands out to me about these ladies is they're living everyday life. Everyday life. They didn't look for a dramatic moment. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we know, there's a few times in our life when we know the dramatic event is going to happen. These ladies did not look for a dramatic moment, but their dramatic moment teaches something. And I just want to look at that, okay? So stay with me. We're going to move quickly through uh, six women. The first woman uh, is Moses' mother. And the scriptures, it looks like her name is Jochebed, but it's Jochebed. She was, uh, we know that she, we know the story of Moses. She was creative and she made this basket and she put him in the river. And he sailed down the river. What stands out to me about her is that she didn't plan to do this. If we would read in the Bible, and we, we're not going to take time to look at this particular phrasing today, but if we read in the Bible, we would see that when she saw Moses was special, when she saw, 
Now at this time, Pharaoh was killing the Israelite children because he was concerned for their number. When she saw that he was special, then she devised to save him. And she kept him for some months, and then she, of course, made this basket, and she put Moses in the basket, and we know the story. He went down the river and was saved, and this was good. She saw this was not something that she, she didn't intend to do anything great. She saw he was special, and she handled it in a very creative way. Mother's creativity sometimes teaches us volumes. The creativity can be, have tremendous lessons in us. And Moses' mother, her creativity saved his life. And even now we look back at this, this woman's creativity for her child and we think, wow. <laughs> I mean, I would never have thought of putting my child in a basket that I made and sending him down the river. You know? And can I just, I, I want to interject and, and, and say something here. Before I get too far, I recognize that not everybody in this room is a mother. And I also know that Mother's Day is a very challenging time for some people. Maybe you've lost your mother, or maybe you've lost a child, or you've had loss or difficulties in your life. Maybe your mother figure wasn't the the sharpest mother figure out there. And I know that Mother's Day can bring some difficulties. But I also know there's lessons, and I know there's impact that ladies have in people's lives. And even Paul said it when he was talking to Rufus. He said, your mother is like a mother to me. You know, ladies, don't sell yourself short. (laughs) If you would ever think, if you would ever think that you don't have influence in someone's life, if you've ever wondered about the influence in your own children even, or in your own family's lives, if you ever think, I don't know about my influence, you are influencing somebody for the positive. I believe that you're speaking into somebody's life. I really do. Whether you feel it or you don't feel it. And we are all thankful for that influence in our lives here. Okay? So, in Jochebed, her creativity is a lesson to us. You with me? So there's another person I want to consider, and I want to set this up just a little bit. Uh, Deborah, this is the time of the judges, and Deborah... Uh, Israel had not done very well by God, and God had turned them over to uh, a bad king, a Canaanite king. And he, uh, for 20 years, there was 20 years of oppression, and this Canaanite king lived with a strong oppression. And at one point, Deborah was going to prophesy. So she called a man named Barak to her, and, and she, so Barak came to her, and, he, and Deborah said, the Lord wants to use you to crush this bad guy, this bad general name. And, I, you know, Circe. You know, isn't that something? Oh, uh, Cicera. There we go. It's one of those names. That, it's not intuitive to me. I have a hard time remembering Cicera for some reason. So Barak is called, and Deborah says, "I'm going to." The Lord says to you, Barak, you're going to be used to defeat Cicera. And Barak said, "Well, okay, fine. I'll fight Cicera, but Deborah, you've got to come to me and come with me." And he, she said, "Okay, I'll go, but because I'm going, you're not going to get any credit for this. In fact, a woman is going to defeat him. A woman's going to get the credit for the victory." So <clears throat> they go into battle, uh, Barak and Deborah, and they take on Sisera and his mighty army, this general and his mighty army, and they crush him. They crush him, except for Sisera. And he runs, and he runs, and he runs, and he runs. And finally, let's look at the verse, Dylan. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Yael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. And so this is where it kind of gets interesting to me. He runs... As he's running away from battle, he runs to this person, this, this tent, and he thinks it's a safe zone. He's not running to an Israelite. 
He's running to a place that has good relationship with his king, the Canaanite king, the bad king. And he thinks he's fine. So uh, because Heber's family was on friendly terms with the king, uh, Yabin of Hazar, one of the Canaanite areas. So Yael went to meet Sisera and said to him, come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Now this is, I, this, I, there's no way that Yael knew that this general was going to go to her tent that day. It's a battle. There's no way that she knew. She's just living life. And she sees him and she said, come on in. She invited him in. So he goes in, uh, and she covered him with a blanket. She tucks him in. <laughs> she tucks him in. This is a general. He had a bad day. What a kind woman. Please give me some water. He said, I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. She didn't even make him drink just water. She upgraded him. Stand at the door, he told her. If anybody comes and asks if there any, anyone is here, uh, say no. So now she's going on guard for him. She's just doing a wonderful thing. All spontaneous. So he takes a nap. She actually went back, tucked him in a second time. <laughs> he takes a nap. And, he, and he, <laughs> she sneaks up to him while he's sleeping with a tent peg and puts it through both temples. Who thinks of that? <laughs> this is somebody who's on good terms. Like, her community is on good terms with his king. Why would you do that if you get along with the king? Why would you take a tent stake? A tent stake? She didn't even just clunk him on the head. You know, in Hollywood, you'd see my, like, maybe like a vase over the head or something like that, right? She took a tent stake, and she hammered it. And the Bible make, makes it very clear. It went through both temples. Bing, there's a tough wake up. There's no doubt that she displayed courage. Sure, come on in my house. No, lay down. Why stop with water? I'll get you milk. Let me tuck you in. This is a courageous woman. She's got a lot to lose. Creativity, courageousness, living everyday lives. So this next person... Like I said, we're moving very quickly through these. This next person, we're just going to dive in right away. Go ahead, Dylan. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. Now, this is a, uh, a number of us have heard this passage, read this passage. We know this story. There's a woman in the crowd. Uh, she's got an issue with bleeding, and she wants to make her way to, to Jesus where he can heal her. But I just want to break this down a little bit this morning and really look at some of the things that are going on in her. The woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. 12 Years of suffering. Now, some of you have had uh, illnesses that have lasted you for 12 years or longer, and you know what this is. 12 years is a long time to be sick. It's not 12 years of allergies. That is a type of sickness, yeah? This is 12 years of a sickness that has big impact, big impact on how she lives her life. First, because of the, the, the law at the time, if she would, because of her bleeding, if she would touch somebody, they would be considered unclean. Do you think she would ever give anybody a hug? A hug! She couldn't do that without, without ruining them and causing them to go through uh, a ceremonial process to get clean again. You know, imagine 
knowing that you're going to break somebody. If I'm having a, if, if whatever's on me rubs off and, and, and lands on you, that's bad. I'm going to be very aware of that. If I'm having a bad day, if I hug you, it's going to make you have a bad day. I'm, I'm going to be slow to hug you. Now I'm using this, it's a, it's a bit of a silly parallel, but you understand what I'm saying. She knew! She knew the law. She knew that the idea of going and giving somebody a hug is going to cause troubles for that person. They're going to have to go through hoops. There's no hugs. There's no touching. And not only that, if she, she can't go for 12 years, she can't go to her religious duty because of the bleeding. It's one of the things that keep her outside. She can't go in. She has to send in people with her proxy, so to speak. She can't even go in. Imagine somebody standing outside the door of a church, unallowed to go in and worship the Lord. Now, we can worship the Lord anywhere. I understand that. But you, know, you, you get the point that I'm trying to make here. Imagine if she's outside, just looking in. Gee, I wish I could be there. You guys have a good time. <coughs> this is what she's living like for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal from many uh, doctors which I think is kind of funny. They must have been bad doctors. And over the years, she had, not spe she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had got not, uh, I'm sorry, gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be okay. She's living in the moment. I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to talk to the guy or what. I, all i got to do is get there. She's living in the moment. Great faith. Great faith in the moment. You know, living in the moment sometimes is harder to do than it is to pray up and get ready for a big moment. If we know we have a big moment, we can get amped up for it. We get ready to take it on. But these ladies lived in the moment. Another one. So there's a story, and I'll set it up just a bit. Mary... Uh, has lived a hard life. This is not Mary, Jesus' mother. This is Mary of the hard life. And at, at, she invades a meal that Jesus is at. Jesus was invited by Simon over in he a Pharisee, and he's invited Jesus over for dinner, and they're having a very nice dinner. And Mary shows up, and she starts to cry. And she weeps, and her tears are falling on his feet, and she breaks a perfume bottle on his feet. And the, uh, well, here, let's just, let's look at the verse here. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Oh, game on. He, this guy's just thinking to himself. Jesus knew it, goes into this story, and he sets it up, and he, and he finishes this, this great illustration, and he said, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so that she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven shows only a little love. This woman knew. She knew she had a hard life. She knew she had things that were uh, difficult and she had come a long way. She knew she had done some things probably that she wished she wouldn't have done. She knew, she knew, she knew. She was so grateful and so appreciative for who Jesus was and what he brought. She saw him in a much deeper level that the religious guy saw him as. What a great living in the moment expression we learned from her. Just the appreciation for who Jesus is. Just appreciating that. Thank you, Mary. Let's look at the next one. Anna, a prophet, 
was also there in the temple. This is the temple around Jerusalem. Jesus is born at this time. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. Her husband, wouldn't you love to be described like that in the Bible? And Jim was very old. Uh, her husband died when they had been married for only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. Uh, I was trying to get a sense of how old, uh, how many years she had been alive after that. And scholars think about, theologian scholars, they think about 60 years. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. So about 60 years of making the temple the priority, worshiping God through fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simon, or Simeon, I'm sorry, was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child, this is baby Jesus, to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. I just look, she's just living everyday life. She's doing what she does every day. What is that? Being in the temple, worshiping God, praying, worshiping, fasting, just doing what she does every day, just worshiping God. And what does she get to do? Who does she get to meet? Jesus. Just because she's living the life she chose to live. And if she would have lived a life that had nothing to do with the temple, except maybe on the, the holy days or maybe on the Sabbath, who knows if she would have met him. But she happened to meet him because she was there. She was there. Isn't that a great illustration for her everyday living? She was there. She kept an attitude of worship and prayer. She sought after God, and that's how she saw him. Finally, turn my page. I just want to set this up a bit because I, this is a, there's a passage, there's a phrase in here that sometimes can frustrate people, and I... <laughs> I don't believe it's written in the Bible to frustrate anybody. So I want to set this up just a bit. Jesus is in a time, and we know in Jesus' ministry, he spent most of his time talking to Jews. There's the prophesies where the prophecies were, uh, Jews were looking for the Messiah. So it made sense for him to go to the Jews where the prophecies were, amongst other, um, other, amongst other reasons. Every now and then in the, in the scriptures, we see where Jesus talks to somebody who's not Jewish. The Samaritan woman at the well, this person here, or this person there. But there's a few examples, and this is one of those examples. There's a Gentile woman, non-Jewish woman, who is uh, got a daughter, and the daughter is demon-possessed. And this woman wants Jesus to do something about it. So she goes to Jesus. All right, Dylan, let's, now we dive in. Uh, but Jesus gave her no reply. She said, Jesus, help my daughter. Jesus gave her no reply. He ignores her outright. This woman is possessed, her daughter is possessed by a demon. And she really wants help. Did you ever have anybody just walk up to you and just say, hey, would you do something for me? And then they ignore you. Jesus gave her no reply. There must have been an intense moment in this lady's life. She wants something, some help for her daughter. Not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her, go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. And Jesus said to this woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. It's the dogs part that I want to make sure is you understand where this is coming from. He's not actually calling her a dog. And he's not saying Gentiles are a dog. It was an expression of the time. It was not a negative expression in the way that we would hear it today. You know, as we're reading this, by the way, 
Could you imagine if this would happen today with all of the, po the political correctness that's out there? Yeah. I've just come to this one group of people. He wasn't. Anyway, that's a tangent. <laughs> she replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. What a determined woman. Jesus was doing business with Jews. He was trying to illustrate the prophecies that were coming to be. His ministry was based on that. This is what he's doing. And here's this one person who doesn't even know all the prophecies. She's a Gentile. She wasn't raised with it. She didn't have, a, she didn't have Sunday school. She didn't know it. So she goes up and she said, would you give me whatever I can? Give me whatever I can get. My daughter needs help. And that's what she did. She was determined. And she rode with it and rode with it and rode with it, even though it looked like she was going to be declined in the beginning. She was determined. Mothers, thank you for being determined. By the way, Andy, I appreciate what Andy said today about mothers in prayer. I, I, I find, find, and I don't know, moms, maybe if you would agree with this or not, I find that is the older our children get, the more all we can do is pray. You know, is that true? Absolutely. When they're in the house, you can just say, no, <laughs> go to your room. Yeah. Right? That's very easy. But the older they get, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? As a dad, I, mean, I feel the same way. You know, I look at my kids and I just, I pray for you right now that God doesn't strike you dead. <laughs> I don't say that. But we got mothers, thank you for praying for your kids. The determined aspect, the prayer sometimes takes determination. Stay with it. God, intercede. Intercede for my child. Please help. I need your help. My child needs your help. They don't even know it. Mothers, these living in the life moments that you do every single day. And remember, when I'm talking about mothers, I'm talking about women of influence. Women of influence. The living that you do every single day and the people that you speak to every single day and your normal life, that goes volumes. The testimony in your life speaks so much more sometimes than the words will speak. Thank you for the testimony. Thank you for those, those traits. And again, I'll just I'll share them again. I'm going to get to my page. Uh, creativity, courage, walking out our faith, appreciation, prayer, worship, uh, worship of the Lord through prayer and fasting, being determined. These things, just everyday life, <clears throat> these ladies in the Bible demonstrated, but I've seen ladies here demonstrate it. And not just ladies of a certain age, but all the whole age range. Thank you for walking these lives out. And let this be a lesson to all of us. We need these things. These are good things. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to close with this story. I made the mistake of not stapling my papers today. Let that be a lesson to me. <laughs> and this is for grandmas. You know, we, yeah, it's for grandmas. For two solid hours, the lady sitting next to a man in an airplane had told him about her grandchildren. She had even produced a plastic, fold-out photo album of all nine of her grandchildren. She finally realized that she had dominated the entire conversation on her grandchildren. Oh, I've done all the talking, and I'm so sorry. I know you certainly, you certainly have something to say, she said. So please, sir, tell me, what do you think of my grandchildren? <laughs> we know... You know, sometimes the role 
Well, being a woman of influence it shifts over time. Maybe it's a natural parent or a grandparent. Maybe it's a, through the influence in somebody's life. But whatever it is, we are blessed by it. We're blessed. It's one of those things that keeps us all growing our whole life is the influence around us. Thank you for that. Ladies, afterward, by the way, please take a flower. I love how my dad says it. Imagine that it's a great big bush of flowers. It's really good. And if you can't imagine that, then, then please let Pastor Mike know he would love to pray for your imagination. <laughs> oh, please take a flower. 18 or older. It's not just, it's for any women of influence 18 or older, okay? And if you would, please stand up. Mothers, thank you. Lord God, we thank you so much for the illustrations in your word. And we think of these ladies that lived so long ago and how they lived their life in the moment. And, and we learn from them, God. We learn. And we see these ladies here that you've brought into this house, that you've blessed us with. And we learn from them today. From back then, we've learned. And from today, we learn. We thank you for these ladies of influence, Lord. All of them. We thank you for the blessings they are to us. We thank you for the testimony they are. We thank you that we're part and connected with our lives, Lord. I pray for blessings on them. That they see you better, more clearly, more of the path that you have, more of the good things that you have for them. We pray for encouragement for them. We pray for them to have a sense, a growing sense of appreciation that people have for them. We thank you for them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.